The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and today we're going to go back to the 80s and talk about Captain America, issue number 315. This is from March of 1986, and it only sold for 75 cents. This was written by Mark Grunewald, pencils by Paul Neary, inks by Dennis Janke, colors by Ken Fedunowicz, and letters by Diana Albers. And this issue is entitled... The hard sell. Okay, so we start out in the hospital, in the morgue to be exact. Modoc is lying on a slab dead. And I tell you, if you've ever seen Modoc outside of his little suit, he looks even weirder than you would think. Big giant head on a little body. Very weird looking. He's dead, by the way. Did I mention this? Because he's in a morgue laying on a slab. He was killed in a previous issue by the Serpent Society. So if you're not aware of who the Serpent Society is, it was a, a villain team that that was created during this monumental run by Mark Grunewald. This is we're we're just kind of getting into the thick of this run. And this was a time I was getting this book by subscription. Back in the day, you could fill out this little card, you send it to Marvel Comics with a check, and they would send you the title that you subscribe to once a month in the mail. And I tell you, that was my favorite day of the month when I would come home and my two issues from my Marvel Comics subscription were waiting there for me on the table. I got Captain America and G.I. Joe. And this is kind of in the thick of that run that I remember so well. So the Serpent Society was a group of snake-themed villains formed by a guy named Sidewinder. He had this idea, if the heroes can have the Avengers and the X-Men and the Defenders and whatnot. Why can't the villains get together and form a group? And it was more than just a bunch of bad guys getting together and pulling jobs. These, they had like health benefits and labor laws and all, and all this stuff. It was, it was a real working group and they each got a, a cut of whatever take they got for whatever job they did. And they mostly tried to hire themselves out as mercenaries or contract workers. And for their first big job, Aimed hired them out to kill Modoc. So they did that. And so when we start the issue out, we're in the morgue. And as I said, Modoc's lying on a slab. And as they're processing the body, some of the members of the Serpent Society show up. Anaconda, Black Mamba, Cobra, Asp. I don't know if, I can't remember if there was any, anybody else. But they show up because they have to take the body with them. They have to take the body to aim, to prove that Modoc is dead. And that's what they do. They knock out these two mortician worker folks and, and, and one of the guards, and they, they take Modoc out, and they take Modoc to aim. And aim gives them their money. And as they're walking out, it's kind of funny. Aim is set up 
like a freaking office building. There's a receptionist and a waiting room out front. And so as they're leaving with their money, there's this guy, just this regular looking dude sitting in the waiting room and he recognizes Cobra. And so he stops him and he says, hey, I know you, you're Cobra. Maybe you can help me. And Cobra's like, who are you, jerk? And the guy is Alexander Gentry, better known as the porcupine. He's trying to sell his suit, his porcupine suit that he designed. And he's at AIM to try to sell it to them. And he's kind of hoping, he's like, hey, are you, what, what are you guys doing? You guys look like kind of a group. I need some help. Can you help me out? I'm looking for some money. I'm trying to sell my suit. Do you know anybody who could, who might want to buy my suit? And Cobra's like, whoa, back off, buddy. And to get rid of him, he gives him one of their Serpent Society cards. He says, call this number. They'll be able to help you. So in the meantime, Captain America, he's at the morgue. He's investigating the theft of Modoc's body and the, the cops are talking to him about it. And the only clue that they can find is snake venom that knocked out these, these mortician dudes. And that's when Captain America's like, snake venom? Aha! It must be the Serpent Society. I must track them down. One of these days, I shall get a lead on the Serpent Society. Not sure why I'm doing that voice for Captain America. I think I was trying to start out with one of those ragtimey, with one of those old-timey, you know, World War II type, hey, fellas, let's join the army. And I see I can't even do that. Whatever. Anyway... He's riding away on his motorcycle and he's kind of frustrated because he he's tackled the Serpent Society before and he he wants to take him down. He 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 knows that they're going to be a big deal and he needs to take him down. From there we go to the Serpent Society headquarters. Sidewinder who is in charge, he's kind of torturing Princess Python. I guess during the Modoc thing, she took off because really her she doesn't really have any superpowers. She's a snake charmer. And she kind of realizes at that point when they're going after Modoc, this is really too much for me. I don't have any bionics. I don't have any fancy gadgets. I'm a snake charmer. I'm going to take off. Well, you can't do that. You can't join the Serpent Society and then just run away without facing repercussions. And in this case, I guess the repercussions are that you get tortured. So in the middle of all this torture and stuff, that's when the, the, these, the folks from the Serpent Society, they, they show up, the members, and they've, they've got the money from AIM, and they know that this is their first big job, and that Sidewinder will hand out the money. Everybody will get their cut. So Sidewinder comes out, and he's like, good job, everybody. You did an excellent job. <laughs> if I had a mustache, I would twist it. I am going to start handing out your cut. When I say your name, please come forward, and I will give you your money. And that's when the phone rings and he teleports away to go answer it. And it's the porcupine. He wants to sell his suit. And Sidewinder's like, you fool, I don't want to buy your suit. And hangs up on him. So he comes back and he's all upset. And he tells Cobra, he goes, why did you give this guy our phone number? What, did you think we were going to buy his porcupine suit? That's not a snake-themed suit. Why would we do that? And Cobra's like, well, settle down. He was all over me. I was trying to get rid of him. And besides, you said to give away our cards in case somebody might have a potential job for us. And everything is forgiven, and they all hug. Not really. They don't really explore that any further. So then we spend a little time with the porcupine. He's sitting on his bed. He's very upset. He's very despondent. He's, of course, not wearing the suit. But he's been trying to sell the suit because he realizes he's, he's quite the loser. He first designed this porcupine suit 
as something that he could use to, you know, to to pull jobs and whatnot and make some money. And he got beat. And then he redesigned the suit to make it better. And then he got beat again. And he was, he just realizes that he's not cut out for this life. But the only way he can turn himself around is if he has a little money because he's broke. And he knows the only way he's going to get some money is to sell this suit. And he's tried all over the place. He's tried Hydra. He's tried AIM. He now tried the Serpent Society. Nobody wants to buy a suit. And then he has an idea, a revelation. Well, if the bad guys won't buy my suit, maybe the good guys will. And so he calls Captain America's hotline. In a previous issue, one of the other ideas, one of the ideas that Mark Grunewald came up with is that Cap, who got a big check from the government, he found out, the government found out that Cap is still alive. He's still a uh, member of the military and he has been owed this back pay for all this time that he's been alive that he hasn't been paid. So he got this big check and he used this check to start this hotline service so that people all across the United States, if there's something that they see that needs to be taken care of, that only Captain America can take care of, something that the cops wouldn't normally have handle, they can call this hotline. And so Gentry calls this hotline says he wants to sell this suit. So Cap goes to see him and he's like, look, buddy, this better not be a trap because I've taken you out before. I'll take you out again. And Gentry's like, no, look, come on. I just want to sell this suit. Nobody's buying it. And I figure if the bad guys don't want it, maybe the good guys can take it. It's, it's, a, it's a very highly technologically advanced suit. If anything, you guys might want to buy it just to get it off the streets. And Cap's not really interested but as Gentry is talking, he's, he's mentioning all these places he's tried to sell it and hasn't had any luck. And he mentions the Serpent Society. So Cap at this point, of course, is very interested. You know the Serpent Society? Do you know where they are? Gentry's like, no, but I do have their phone number. And Cap says, well, here's the plan. You're going to call the Serpent Society and tell them that you have captured me and you want to sell me to them. And if you can do that, then I'll give you whatever you want for the suit. And Gentry's like, deal. So he makes the call. They go to this construction site and Cap wraps himself up in chains and he lays on the ground to look like he's, he's you know, he's tied up and he's unconscious. Gentry's wearing the suit. The Serpent Society shows up. We've got Cottonmouth, Rattler, Diamondback, and Death Adder. And the plan, the hope is that the Serpent Society folks would show up and then take Captain America back with them to their lair. But they... They decide to handle things a little differently and decide to go ahead and kill him while they're there. And that's when Cottonmouth, he crouches down and his power is that he has a bionic jaw. So he can open up his mouth really wide and take big super bites out of people. And so he crouches down and he, he, he unhinges his jaw and he opens it up real wide. And he's getting ready to take a bite out of Cap. And Cap's like, well, I guess this isn't going the way we planned I suppose I have to take him out here. And when they were setting this all up, Gentry was really worried. He's like, what am I going to do if, if a fight breaks out? I mean, I've got this super suit on, but I'm kind of a loser. And I always get beat. And Cap says, look, if anything goes wrong, just run. Just run away. We'll hook up later. And so Cottonmouth goes to bite Captain America. And Cap says, all right, I guess we got we to gotta change up the plans here. And he shifts quickly and sticks his shield in Cottonmouth's mouth. And so when he bites down, he bites down on the shield and breaks his teeth. And then that's when all crap 
just breaks loose and the porcupine runs away. And there's this kind of a weird part because Diamondback, she, when all this is going down, she decides she doesn't want to watch them kill Captain America. So she turns her back on, on the action. And so when Captain America breaks Cottonmouth's teeth and the fight starts breaking out, Diamondback is standing there with her back to everything and she's thinking to herself, well, I turned my back so I wouldn't have to see them kill Captain America, but I wonder what's going on now as a large commotion is happening behind her. But because she's got her back turned, she sees Porcupine run away. And so she takes off after him. Well, Cap makes short work of Cottonmouth, Rattler, and Death Adder. And then he goes off. He, 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 he goes off after the porcupine because he remembers, well, there was a fourth one. Diamondback was here too. Where's she? Where's the porcupine? Oh no. And he goes running off after them. And she had, she'd been chasing the porcupine and she threw her, she throws these little diamond, these sharp, basically like a uh, tiny little sharp diamond knives, basically is what they are. They're just diamonds that are sharp. That's what she does. She throws diamonds at people and she misses him. And then he shoots his quills at her and he can shoot way more quills than she can diamonds. And so she kind of backs off. So Cap doesn't find her, but he does find Gentry, the porcupine, laying on the ground, dying. Not because Diamondback got him with one of her diamonds, but because as he was running and shooting his quills, he tripped and he landed on his quills. He killed himself. And Cap's like, hey, uh, you know, don't worry about it. You were very brave. We're going to get you medical attention. I'm going to get you somewhere. You just hang on. And the porcupine's like, oh, no, I can't do it, man. I think I'm going to die. And so he dies. And the issue ends in the Avengers mansion. And we're taken down a hallway. And at the end of the hallway, in a big case on the wall, in memoriam, is the porcupine suit. And I remember reading that as a kid going, whoa, man, they just killed this dude. That was a big thing to me back then. There wasn't, I was still a wide-eyed optimist, you know, back then reading comic books, thinking that when somebody died, they stayed dead. Now, as far as I know, the porcupine has stayed dead because he was a low-level villain. Unless another writer came, came along 10 or 15 years later who loved the porcupine and brought him back somehow. And you wouldn't really need to bring that guy back, really. You could just have somebody else wearing the suit. But I just thought that that was... That was, that it was real. It got real, man. They killed somebody. I have really fond memories of this run. This is, Captain America is where I was introduced to a lot of, I don't want to say Marvel staples because the Serpent Society, I don't know that they became a big thing in Marvel comics. I'm sure they pop up every now and then. But I was introduced to villains like the Porcupine and the Armadillo both characters who are really not, as far as I know, doing anything. I mean, one of them's dead. Nomad, who was apparently the Bucky of the 50s cap. He went on in the 90s to do a, a his own series in which he was very much resembled that, I think it was called the Renegade TV show with Lorenzo Lamez. He rode around on a motorcycle and he had a little kid with him, very lone wolf and cub type of thing. But I'm really enjoying rereading these books and reliving what was really kind of my entry level into comics. I mean, at this time, I was also reading the books that both of my brothers got. We would we would swap books. We would read our books and then read each other's books. And then eventually, my older brother 
would start going to a comic book store and buying comics, and so I would read his. It's weird because this is 1986, but there's a lot of books that came out before this that I remember reading, so I can only assume that as my older brother was frequenting comic book shops, he was buying back issues, and that's where I was getting into some of these even older comics than this Captain America. But I'm reading this through an epic collection, which you can get off of Comixology. I'm fairly certain that Grunewald's entire run is covered through these epic collections. And he was on the book for quite a number of years. He did some pretty ridiculous stuff. Eventually, near the tail end of his run, he's the guy that introduced Wolfcap, where Captain America is turned into a werewolf. I had stopped reading Captain America by that point. I don't know that I had stopped reading comic books altogether, but I was peripherally aware that Captain America at some point had been turned into a werewolf. And you can't be into comics nowadays and frequent, you know, Reddit and the websites or listen to podcasts and not know that at some point Captain America was turned into a werewolf. That's one of those jokes, jokes that people talk about all the time, I feel like probably. Anyway, I'm sure I'm going to be talking about more Captain America. I've talked about at least one other previous issue, the issue where he fought the Armadillo. That link will be in the show notes. And the next issue, 316, the Armadillo's back. I don't remember the Armadillo coming back and Hawkeye is in it. So maybe we'll we'll talk about that one in a few weeks. But until then, my name is Steven and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Be safe. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or Else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.